Hello, welcome to the Satellite Market Cast podcast, where we feature key executives from leading satellite companies worldwide, talk about their company, their careers, industry trends, and other insights on the exciting satellite communication industry. I'm your host, Virgil Labrador, Editor-in-Chief of Satellite Markets and Research, inviting you to another informative podcast with our featured guest today. Well, welcome everybody to this edition of the Satellite Market Cast podcast. And our guest today is Jack Waters. He's the CEO of Siplink. It's a company based in Canada. And uh, Jack uh, has been leading uh, Siplink uh, since its inception about 13 years ago. Prior to that, he worked for uh, iDirect, uh, where he was uh, instrumental in turning around that startup company. Uh, uh, into a, a, a very successful company uh, that it is uh, now, actually. Uh, so here to talk about uh, his uh, career and his uh, company, Ziplink, is uh, Jack. Jack, welcome to this uh, podcast. Hello, Virgil, and hello, everyone. Uh, good to hear from everybody in COVID world and virtually through this connection. We appreciate it very much. And uh, Thanks for the good words there, Virgil, about iDirect. There were a lot of really good people that at that company that were involved in the turnaround. It was actually a failed .com that was turned around and you know, four or five new executives, people you know, like uh, Bruce Bednarski, right, and Dave Bettinger right. and John Keeley, uh, Jorge Borges were very much instrumental in turning that company around and all the employees, the original 45 employees and now 500 employees at iDirect. So, yeah, that was a great story, and uh, I retired there in uh, 2007, mm-hmm. which was uh, two years after we sold the company to Singapore Technologies, and I thought I had retired, and I was home for two weeks, and I decided I hated not working, so uh, <laughs> this company, Zyphos, did call, and uh, Zyphos, small aerospace company in Montreal, mostly focused on satellite payload projects but they had this product called Ziplink mm-hmm. that they wanted to spin out into a company. So I helped them do that in 2007. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we are in 2020, amazingly enough. Right, 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 right. Yeah, t- talk about Ziplink, uh, Jack, for those who are not familiar with uh, your company. Uh, I, I, I can't imagine why not, but uh, just for those who are not familiar with your company, what, what do you guys do primarily? Yeah, no problem uh, explaining that. And uh, we initially were a uh, TCP acceleration company, and that's how I knew the company had developed TCP acceleration protocols for various modems. And uh, what we became after we spun the company out was a WAN optimization company. So that TCP acceleration plus caching and compression and some other features to make the traffic flow much easier. So you know, what we do is we make uh, stress links like satellite or cellular links that are not consistent, operate very consistently mm-hmm. with the highest possible throughput. Right. And what's right. really been amazing lately is uh, with high throughput satellites and KA band and higher throughput satellites, we thought maybe it would impact our business. But in fact, it's accelerated it. Uh, due to the higher speeds, people want more performance. They want to get everything out of the link. So it's actually our sales have gone up more on the high end of our business than the low end of our business. Right, right, right. And then, you know, we, we've had some interviews before, actually, uh, in the in the video of MarketCast podcast. And you were doing very, very well in the, the years uh, prior, right, uh, Jack? 
Yeah, we, uh, you know, because we started in 2007, like you said correctly, 14 years old at the beginning of the podcast. And, you know, the first five years, we were already established in the TCP acceleration business. We added salespeople and jumped the revenues up that way. And then once we added the WAN optimization capability, the revenue stepped up a little more. But it was about five years ago when we really started building the business significantly in terms of sales and a higher growth pattern. And uh, if you ask me why that was, it was because we were in three key verticals. Uh, one vertical being the maritime cruise, and mm-hmm. we're the undoubted leader in there. We have five of the top six cruise lines. Uh, very fortunately at the time, but not fortunate today. <laughs> right? Right. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, defense has always been a good part of our business, and it remains so today. And then sell backhaul was a relatively new part of our business about starting about seven years ago. And now it is the top vertical in the company. So really interesting to see how the different verticals have taken shape over the years. Right, right. Talk about that, uh, Jack. You know, uh, we've gone through or going through a global pandemic. The maritime industry has been hit very hard. Uh, uh, So how did that that change your business or, or, or your focus right now? Yeah, we we took a pretty big hit uh, when uh, COVID hit and took down the maritime business, uh, hopefully temporary, temporarily. We're hoping it starts again in late 2021 is our hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, we dove into our revenues uh, around 50% for a couple of quarters. And now we've had uh, a rebound quarters. And, and so the revenues were overall about 20% lower. And we're hoping to close that gap um, between now and the end of the year. So we're at our regular run rate, um, but that will be done without the cruise maritime. And uh, we continue to be a supplier to those cruise ships. They have a lot of crew on them. They're not operating with passengers, but they still exercise the ships and they still want the broadband connections to the ships. So we, we've uh, kept all those connections alive with our partners. Mm-hmm. And um, But there's just no passengers to pay for it right now. So there's right. no new activity going on. Um, as far as the company itself, we were able to institute pretty easily a, a remote workforce because we're mostly a software development company. Mm-hmm. We had to buy uh, all new computers and high-end storage and some other tools for our software developers to work at home instead of the office, but that's worked out uh, extremely well. Uh, the same with our test team. So the only real downside has been from an operational point of view, uh, the inability to have our testers and software developers work closely together. So it's kind of remotely and it's a little bit harder to operate the uh, development test cycle mm-hmm. in this current world. Our salespeople were used to working remotely, so that was not a big problem. Uh, for the existing customer connections, that's also not a problem. But, you know, the, the biggest problem is getting new accounts and meeting new people to, you know, sell our product. To. And so we have to pretty much rely on the accounts we have and a couple of small new accounts here and there. Right, right. Now, is, uh, are the other different verticals that you serve, are they, uh, uh, you know, like the defense sector, for instance, uh, are they enough to cover uh, or uh, for uh, whatever losses that you get from the maritime? Well, I think it's the sell backhaul that's going to um, close the gap on the loss. So defense mm-hmm. is pretty consistent year in, year out, at about mm-hmm. 20% of our business. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sell backhaul has been increasing every single year 
and it's increasing again. So that, that will fill in the gaps. And then we're into a couple of new markets. Uh, we're in the first responder market. Uh, mm -hmm. We're in the first net network I'm sure you've heard of in the United States right. uh, through AT&T. And uh, now we're broadening our efforts into the first responder business. And uh, we are now also launching into what's called the hybrid networking business, meaning connecting satellite and non-satellite connections with the same technology. So uh, we can spend more time on that later. But those three things will close the gap from a pretty significant loss on the cruise maritime. Mm -hmm. Right. So how, how do you see the, the year, uh, next year uh, and beyond uh, for Stippling, Jack? Yeah, well, here's the good news. I'm going to go back one year. We, uh, you'll hear this in the press soon, but uh, we've been given two awards for the previous year. And, and so we have won uh, the Growth 500 in Canada, the top 500 growth companies in Canada. We were 200 in, uh, a year ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, a really exciting news that will be coming out is uh, the Deloitte & Touche uh, North American 500, the fastest growing 500 companies in all of North America. We've uh, made that list. We were just notified wow. recently. And so, yeah, that growth came the year before, and a lot of that was maritime and sell back all combined to create a really nice growth rate. So to answer your question, our goal this year with uh, the COVID is really try to just to get back to that exact same rate that we had at that, that growth year. So we're not going to have our normal 20% growth. Uh, we mm -hmm. will uh, sustain to get up to you know, our rate from the year before and then wait for COVID to hopefully dissipate and eradicate. And then we will uh, get back to our 20% growth rate in 2021, 2022 timeframe. Right, right. Yeah, you started off from a good position before COVID. And so you just want to maintain that. And then uh, then uh, once uh, the, the, the market recovers, then, then you're, you're, you're back in uh, where you were. In the that's right. That's right. We're almost there. So our second mm -hmm. quarter just ended uh, last week at the end of October. And uh, we were about 20% off our pre-COVID number. Mm -hmm. So like I mentioned earlier, it was 50% off a quarter ago, and now it's 20% off. Um, and, and now we're hoping to close the gap here in the next two quarters and get back to that rate and then focus ourselves on growth uh, in the post-COVID world. Right. And where do you see that uh, coming from? Uh... Jack. Uh, well, we do. We feel like cellular backhaul will continue. Mm -hmm. We'll see. A, we feel like the maritime cruise will come back in late 2021, early 2022. So that will come back and fuel a little bit of growth. And then we've added some more uh, sales and business development on the defense side of our business. And uh, we feel like we'll get involved in uh, deeper defense deals, bigger defense deals around the world. Right now our strength is international defense. Mm -hmm. So we've added some new folks into our US defense, which of course is half the world's defense business. Mm -hmm. And uh, we hope to leverage that into higher sales for defense by reaching into the US DOD a little deeper. Right. Now now your products are are, are for optimization, right? Now you you optimize the bandwidth so that uh, they they can use less bandwidth uh, with uh, with the, with the same amount of uh, data or, or uh, throughput, right? Uh, and you mentioned earlier that uh, the new uh, the new Leos and Mios, uh, the new high throughput satellites, 
might actually uh, you you initially thought that it might actually impact your business, but it actually is making it better. So explain that a little bit more, uh, Jack. Yeah, and you characterize this properly by being a WAN optimization business. But a couple new things have crept into the scene over the last two years, right? Mm -hmm. And and one of them is better user experience. Mm -hmm. That's one of them. And the other is hybrid network connections. So when you have Leos, Geos, and Mios, uh, it turns out that the end users would like to connect a couple of those technologies together. So maybe, maybe an island in the Pacific has a uh, C-band network, and they're going to add a Mio connection. Uh, they would like to keep the C-band alive uh, mm -hmm. while the Mio is also alive. So we do that. We have a cellular and satellite bonding technology where you can have two to eight connections running, aggregate those together, and that's one of the other new things. It's not exactly WAN optimization, but it's it's WAN aggregation, as it's called, to create right. more bandwidth to a site. Mm -hmm. And uh, we do that very well today. We we can take you know many different satellite connections, and you can utilize the Leo for latency sensitive traffic like uh, internet website access, right? Interactive traffic. And then you can put your file transfers say over the C-band geo network where the latency is not really an issue, right? Because the file is going to be transmitted or maybe a video file is going to be transmitted initially and uh, the uh, latency doesn't matter quite as much in that. So we can sort that out at the uh, remote site automatically without any operator intervention. The customer doesn't have to worry about how it's done. We will do that for them and uh, put it up through any number of different satellite links or any different modem technology. So, so to summarize that maybe in uh, a more concise way, we're traditionally a WAN optimization vendor, but there's two new things that are really important to customers. One is user experience. Mm -hmm. So getting data faster in a more consistent way. So we, we know from the airline broadband industry that people are happier to get their data in a consistent manner rather than a really high high and a really low low mm -hmm. that we can deliver that in a very consistent way so that's a user experience benefit we can typically deliver data 30 percent faster for response times so that's a user experience thing they might not see it so instead of you know mm -hmm. instead of a second they might get it right in seven tenths of a second right so they might not always see the difference but it does have an impact on user experience. And then the third one is part of the, uh, what's called the software-defined WAN business, mm -hmm. SD-WAN, and that is aggregating many different kinds of connections together in a meaningful way. And by meaningful, we mean that you have to have a policy to generate the traffic in a certain manner to get the best bandwidth use out of it. And so we do all three of those things today, where before we just did one of them. Right. And, uh, now you have competitors in this field. Uh, you, you you've been around for a while, but uh, I'm I'm sure you 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 compete with others too. What differentiates you from the other companies? You know, if, if someone was to make a choice between uh, uh, providers. Yeah, certainly. I mean, the WAN optimization business at a, a very broadly defined level is a four billion dollar business, and it's uh, dominated by a few large companies like Riverbed Technologies and Citrix. You've heard of those companies. Mm -hmm. um, one thing we've done from the very outset is we focused on the satellite and wireless market, and we developed our algorithms in that marketplace, priced our products in that marketplace. So, you know, our main differentiation from those big players is that we're uh, priced right and packaged right for the satellite business. 
And uh, Riverbed certainly plays in the satellite business a little bit. You don't see Citrix at all. They're mostly wireline mm-hmm. for WAN optimization. So our key competitors would be uh, Riverbed, uh, mm-hmm. Comtech, right, which also makes products uh, typically within their own modem world, right, where they uh, would deploy the modems and then they want to deploy the uh, WAN optimization products. Mm-hmm. So we compete with them where they'll sell their own products or sometimes they'll buy our products. And that's certainly true in maritime crews, for instance, where some of the sites have deployed Comtech modems and they've used ZipLink WAN optimization products. So, so I would say those are our key competitors there. And um, I tell my salespeople a lot that uh, our biggest competitor is uh, Do Nothing Incorporated, right? Where people put in the modems and they put in the satellite capacity and they're, they're worn out or they've run out of time or they don't have any capital left. And so they don't put in the WAN optimizer till later. So that's uh, a little bit of a competitor called DNI or Do Nothing Incorporated. Right. That's a big market, Jack. <laughs> yeah, it really is. So, so uh, wh- how do you differentiate yourself from those? Uh, yeah. uh, mostly uh, with packaging because we're in the satellite business and we package our products in such a way that Mm-hmm. Uh, it can blend in with the modems very well, or it can be put in the right kind of a rack, like say for a military uh, on the move application, mm-hmm. right? Where we have a, a ZipLink, what's called virtual product, where we can combine our software with other software in one computer, as mm-hmm. opposed to maybe having three computers mm-hmm. and therefore reducing the man pack weight. Mm-hmm. Uh, our competitors in the wireline business, they're really not concerned with size most of the time, right? They're in a data center. They can rack and stack these units, but we are very concerned about weight and size in the satellite market. So physically, we compete that way. Uh, Functionally, we compete by adding these three functions I was talking about earlier, WAN optimization, uh, aggregation of the links, and user experience together in one package so they don't have to buy, you know, three different products for that. So that's uh, how we compete with our other players out there. We are the about the only independent left though. A lot of the WAN optimization products have either been uh, bought out and incorporated into companies. Right. Um, and uh, so we are truly the last of the independents. Right, and will you remain so? <laughs> yeah, every company has their price, right? Even MCI right. was sold once, right? Right, right. Um, but, uh, uh, we, we certainly have not looked at that option. Uh, we have not, uh, formally ex- accepted or anything like that, any options mm-hmm. to buy out the company. We, we like our independence and uh, we're privately owned. We're not outside funded. We've funded our own company to this point but between the senior executives and the original founders at Zyphos. Mm-hmm. And so we've not really needed any outside capital, which actually gives us a lot of flexibility in the market versus some of our competitor friends that have to deal with quarterly public releases and. Uh, guidelines we we certainly can operate with more flexibility than those guys right 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 so this i'm sure you you know uh, ziplink's been around for uh, at least 13 years now since july 2007 uh, that's right yeah so uh, i'm sure we'll see we'll hear more about you so is there anything else you want to add uh, jack no i think uh i do want to thank our employees you know we've grown from a relatively small company of uh, five developers to more than 40 people today. 
And uh, those original developers are still with us to this day. And, and we've had uh, very strong stability in terms of uh, keeping those employees. We don't have a very high turnover and that makes operating the company quite a bit easier. And uh, so our biggest challenge is uh, going into that next market. I mentioned first responder. So basically the channels into first responder are different than our other markets. And so our biggest challenge in front of us is creating the products and the channels to get into the first responder space pretty well. Fortunately, we have a couple big sell backhaul customers like Verizon and AT&T that are in those markets. And uh, we can leverage those relationships here in the U.S. for that market. And then internationally, we'll have to go to our other big partners like, like Telefonica or BT or those kind of companies to uh, get into that marketplace. So that'll be the big effort in the next couple of years. Well, thank you very much, Jack. Jack Waters, President and CEO of Ziplink Technologies, which is a company that uh, we will be following very closely. Thank you so much, Virgil. I appreciate the invite. Oh, you're very welcome. Likewise.